Hey guys, uh, John back with VP Precision. I got my good buddy on, Ben Rawls. We haven't talked with him since. It's been a few years. We were coming back from, uh, I guess we were coming back from this area up in Canada uh, from antelope and moose hunting. And now we are driving home from Alberta from a uh, Shiras moose hunt. So there's three. Well, first of all, Ben, how you doing? Doing good. <laughs> so he's, he's driving right now and... We had some really bad wind, so it's a little little bit noisy. It's tapering off a little bit, so hopefully that's not too loud in the audio. But um, um, we were uh, there's three different kinds of moose species. There's uh, Shiras, Canadian, and then Alaskan Yukon. Alaskan Yukon being the biggest um, of the species, and then Canadian the second, and Shiras being the smallest. They are in southern, I could. Southern part of Canada, and then that's what's that's all the moose that's in the United States and Wyoming and Idaho and Colorado and and Washington and all those states. So that's the species there. So they're they're still giant, uh, but they're not as big as a lot. The, the especially the horns are not as big as the Alaskan or the Canadian in general. Uh, so it's kind of a it's a very difficult tag to draw in the states. Um, Ben's talk. We went with a guy named uh, with Mark Parsons. How'd you meet? How'd you meet Mark? Uh, I think we met Mark up in the Yukon back in sixteen or seventeen on our first stone sheep hunt. Oh, that's okay. Really, really good guy. Um, Super down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, just easy going. Really, really workable. A lot of fun to be with. So, yep. I've been bothering him the last probably 10 12 months for a cancellation hunt on shiris and it kind of came together for two tags at the very last minute we had one locked in and then um i think that the day before we got there he got the other one finally in hand so we had two uh, two tags one for me one for john in um neighboring units. neighboring units yeah, yeah side by side yeah so one side of the highway was ben's unit the other side side was mine ben's unit had um that's where Mark's property was, so he had access to his whole his whole place, plus you know, plus other. And then my side was um, hunted with a uh, good kid named Grace, and uh, lives up here his whole life, like fifth generation in the area rancher. So they've had their ranch, and he knows everybody. So we had some access to 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 a lot of land. And um, anyway, we'll talk about it more, but we'll kind of walk through this uh, since Ben doesn't come on as much. We try to hit these hunts, and we didn't do much in twenty. Um, just for a variety of reasons, but just kind of a weird year. And uh, uh, let's, well, let's... We'll jump into kind of some of the first times from this year. Well, yeah, but let's kind of touch on 29 and what that is okay. again. People, we've, we've spoke about it kind of briefly in the past, and it was always kind of in the back of our heads. And then the last little while, it's kind of ramped up like, hey, well, this is, you know, a little closer closer than we thought. So you want to hit on that 29 a little okay. bit what it is. So we're talking about the North American 29 yep. species. It's the Ovis Grand Slam Olvis tracks it, um, uh, kind of the taking of, you know, all 29 of the, you know, North American big game species. Yep. So you got three, three moose, five caribou, four bear. You have the deer, the four sheep. Elk, I don't know. There's antelope, cougar, uh, muskox, you know. Bison, mountain goat. Yep. Anyway, so John and I are working through that 29, just kind of slow steady just picking away at it um we weren't real serious about it a couple of years ago but then realized we were a little closer i thought you know this might be something that we could actually pull off yeah setting a camp board one day and you start adding them up and you're like you run out of fingers and you're like shoot we're at 
15, 16 already. You're going to run out of toes soon. You're, this was your this was your last toe. This this yeah. is number twenty for Ben. So yeah, it's my twentieth. It's a little surreal. Like you're like nine left, and it's a. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what that's what this is. Is this is Ben's third moose species? So he's killed he killed a giant um, Alaska, you know, or you know, yeah, Alaska Yukon, Yukon. Alaskan Yukon moose up in the Northwest Territories, in I think in 2015. And uh, was able to get a, a Canadian. We talked about that. Um, kind of a tough hunt, a, a, a long hunt, an interesting hunt, but 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 a tough one. Got a, got a small bull at the very last day, and um, and then this was, he got a Shires actually this morning. We're actually headed back to the states right now, and was able to kill uh, his bull this morning. So that's his third moose, and it's my first. I got mine a few days ago, but so the twenty nine. Um, Again, we weren't, we didn't start out, um, you know, we knew about it, but then you kind of get down the road and you start thinking about a little more. And so, well, I don't know, a year, year and a half, you're like, dude, this is closer yeah, than we think. And a couple years ago. And then how many guys, there's only a, 170 guys that have ever done 170? 200, 272, I think. And I know of a couple of guys this year that have checked it off that are going to add to that. So under 300 guys in the world in history um have have pulled this off so it's a lifetime deal it's not something you really run out and do in a couple of seasons it's taken yeah decades for most guys to do it i think if you really set after it and you had unlimited budget and tons of time you could get it done in a couple of years but it's it's some work even at the pace that we're going it's still some work that's crazy so so kind of ramp back up on on thinking about that um you know a year and a half two years ago kind of in i don't know kind of last year started talking about it a little more seriously and so Kind of at the end of last year, you start really sc- scraping around and looking, and that's when um, kind of a last-minute coos deer hunt uh, down in Mexico with our buddy Clay Lancaster, who we went to the territories with. He had a he had an opportunity to come up down there, and that was kind of a fun, really low-pressure, low-key, quick fly down, uh, you know, drive, and then you know you're quick into camp. Besides getting out of you know Oregon, Washington in the winter, and getting down was that February, I think. Yeah, I think it was around then perfect weather like long sleeve shirt a little cooler in the evenings it wasn't too hot wasn't too cold it was just right so um kind of a zero challenge hunt just all fun just really really relaxing made for a really good just a kind of a long weekend getaway is what we did and ended up killing yep. one uh, one coos for yep. each of us and i got my first avelina that was fun oh yeah we're driving around we're driving along the we're kind of snow all around driving along this river and there's ice everywhere it's really cool so i'll let you know when we see some animals i think this is where we saw the elk on the way up but um so go down there that was number was that 16 for you i think 16 or 17 and then and then the gears are turning you were talking to there's there's three elk species there's rocky uh mountain which is in most of the united states there's roosevelt which is on the west coast kind of like oregon washington rainforest you know big big bodied smaller ant- smaller scoring generally and real th- real heavy antlers with the rosies and there's a species called tule elk that's uh just in california they're an interesting they're smaller they're a, definitely a smaller body like a 300 inch tule is a really big is a, is a really nice uh, a really nice bull where you know a 400 inch rocky is a giant type of a thing 380 plus type of a thing um and so you, I don't know, how did you track those guys down, the connection That was there? through Jesse Van Marion. He was a connection that he'd hunted with okay. um, up in Medicine Hat. So he just gave me kind of a reference for these guys. And, and that's the guy we hunted and, mule deer uh, and, and, and antelope with. Yep. yep. 
So anyway, booked those two tags and um, waited. I think it was an August hunt, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an early hunt. It's 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 weird going down there in August. They were rutting hard, and it's uh, it, it was a different thing. Very very different style of anything we've ever done. Just thinking about hunting in Central California just kind of doesn't feel like a hunting deal. But yeah. anyway, we got out there in the in the hills and um, decent ranch and pretty good animals out there and got that done. Really quick, opening yeah, morning, we, we, we dropped two just back-to-back. Back. Yep. Um, both of them were good-sized ones. I can't remember what, yep. seven yep. by eight or something like that for each of us. Yeah, yeah, kind of funky. Not Your, yours was more of a traditional-looking tule. Mine was a little bit more of like a miniature rocky look. Yep. But it was it was... It wasn't it wasn't a difficult hunt. I mean, the difficult part of that hunt is getting a tag, and in the situation is is they're, you know, they don't get hunted a lot, so so it's not like they're crazy like a lot of the animals you hunt that are just. That yeah, was simple. Just a quick, yep. just a just a one day deal. Just cruised yep. in. We ended up meeting uh, Laramie Miller, who does that uh, Sasquatch show on the Outdoor Channel or um, He's got that Sportsman new, Channel. Yeah, that new. Yeah, he does a TV show. He actually came out and and filmed. Um, he was filming one of his shows and asked if we would um, let them come in and film ours. So we we told him we, we would. And so you can actually see some of our part of our hunt on his uh, program, which was kind of fun to do. I wouldn't say hunt. I would say you could see both of us smoke our, smoke our bowls like in <laughs> yeah. three minutes. They're like, you want to say anything? We're like, no, we're good. <laughs> so they just kept it pretty simple. They just talked about Tule Elk and showed us walking up to him and shooting him. So that was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, it's, it's again, I've said this before. A lot of the fun of this is. There, you meet a lot of people, and some of them are really cool. And it was it was fun meeting. He had a camera guy uh, that I hit off. His name is Ty, Ty Eubanks, I think, and he does all kinds of really killer outdoor footage. So him and I hit it off, and Ben and Laramie chatted a bunch. So it was kind of fun to, you know, meet meet some different people. Um, yeah, those are both like, guys we'll keep in touch with for sure. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so then that was that was pretty short and sweet. Um, and then. Uh, Oh, this was that the spring? So bison hunt. So oh, this, yeah. We didn't talk about that. This was a big. This was a. This was an interesting hunt for me. Um, mule deer are really iconic to me. Big mule deer are just. They're one of the coolest species. Um, you got directions? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, one of the coolest. One of the coolest species. Um, you know, in North America, like just iconic big rutting up mule deer anyway so the henry mountains in utah is is um i mean it's famous for for big mule deer it has been historically um and ben starts was looking for a bison tag and there was there was a few different ways there was they auctioned two or three or three or four tags i think for over the over the year for for a, a bison hunt in um in the henry mountains in utah and you ended up with, I think, there was a couple different things that happened, some goofy stuff, but you ended up with one of those. Yeah, we were so trying for two, and it didn't work out. Um, the bid went bananas on the governor's tag for the Henry Mountains. And um, so I ended up, I think I'd already had, we already secured the first one, and we were trying to get the second one, I think. Anyway, long story short, we ended up with one tag, um, not two. And um, so we headed down there just couple weeks ago that was a yeah. november and, and you had got that early in the year which and as soon as you won that that was early that was early and i because i remember looking at the dates and i was like that is the that is the weekend of the precision rifle series finale and i was like all right 
no PRS for me this year, which was, right. you know, it was, we had some other stuff going on, and, and Interrail Hunter was hitting it, so I was shooting that. It was actually it was like, man, it may, maybe take go a little lighter on the PRS this year, take a little break, a little regroup, and look forward to a really cool hunt, which was which was fun. So I knew that. It must have been early because I knew that real early in the year. When yeah, you, when we you had that, that tag. We probably had that for seven, eight months um, yeah. before the actual hunt, and we kind of knew this was going to be – probably the the big hunt of the year just because yeah. of what it was and and bison's already been the most difficult out of the 29 for us so far um yeah we spent not our some, first try yeah we spent some other hunts for you if you guys are anything like me when i first heard of bison hunting i was like oh cool like go shoot a beef cow it standing in, in a field in a big clearing i just i had no you know really respect for them as a big you know a tough smart animal necessarily i don't know why i just you just see him standing there in yellowstone is the only thing i ever really knew about buffalo or people that have them privately and and we go up to bc a few years ago and hunt for a week and they were like i've told the story to some of you guys but uh we hunted all week it was a tough and we're out in the middle of, i mean we're like 30 30 miles in before we get to camp into these mountains in december snow we're on snowmobiles and go way in trying to find these herds hunt for a whole week the very last night of the hunt, it's getting dark. I'm like, well, that was that. It was a cool experience. Northern lights were great, and we saw a lot of moose, and that was kind of the hunt. And uh, I'm glassing these stone sheep that are rutting really hard up on this mountain. Like, I'm just in the valley and looking up on this mountain. It was pretty cool to watch. Ram was ramming this other one and chasing ewes. It was, it was you don't, when, generally when you're sheep hunting, you're not in there during during the rut. So you don't, I don't, I've never seen sheep during the winter like that. And so it was fun to watch. Well, on the top of my spotter, I mean, these rams are at, I don't know what they are, 1,200, 1,300 yards up this mountain. And in the top of my spotter, I see these animals coming over the very top of this mountain, way above the stone sheep. And it was a herd of buffalo coming on this windswept, all the snow blown off the top, and they were feeding on the top of this mountain. I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, these things are, these things are the real deal. They're not just they're not just a farm animal so that was that was in 27 i don't know 2017 i think on those yeah um so that was my experience coming into bison i don't know what ben um you know what your expectations were but yeah you just kind of assume it's going to be you know you just roll up to them and tip a couple of them over it's so far not the case (laughs) at all and we put a lot of effort into that. It was six days up there, absolutely froze day and night on that trip. It was yeah. that's one of our coldest trips probably ever. Yeah, oh for sure. BC and I mean there was everything was just there was just nowhere froze nowhere warm the entire time. It's just yeah. wicked cold. Yeah, and then so you had um, you'd been in touch with some guys um, in regards to Taylor and those guys. How did that? How did you get that set up or? With, for the Henry's thing. I'm trying to think how we got that. I know Taylor was the number one recommended guy through a couple of different people for that hunt and that tag. And they just said, this is the guy you call. And it was, uh, is it Taylor Albright? Yeah, Taylor Albright with Albright Outfitting. And he was a he was a dandy. Like, he had a he had a great crew down there. Um, it, was, it was pretty fun. They knew that area. A uh, guy in there for years lives in there, and he, he lives elk hunting in uh, Utah. They just killed two giant bulls just this week. He was texting us while we were up here. And um, really hardworking dudes just, you know. So you had been chatting with them off and on. Um, yeah, throughout you know, the whole year because we have been holding the tag. We knew that we had the tag, and the hunt was coming up. And what we didn't know when we got it at the auction – 
we were told that it was the third you know the the third hunt or the third tag available for that unit and that there might be a few other residents in there and when we got there the state had released 20 other hunters in the unit opening day when we got there same same type so we're shoulder to shoulder with all these locals that also drew and in other years they'd only done a couple tags yeah they just done i think four tags a few years before and now they're up to 20 plus us so we're at 21 or 22 tags in there and they're not the unit i mean the henry mountains is this ridge and and most generally guys you don't really want to backpack off into a hellhole because you got to get the bison out and they're not terribly small so you kind of want to get somewhere where you can get horses or something to get those animals out and so they're kind of on the front of this mountain range and everybody it seemed like i'm sure there were some people in some other areas but it seemed like everybody was just it was it was there was a lot of people and so we were out before season looking at buffalo and you're like dude there's a lot of people out here kind of start ben and i looking at each other just going we're not saying anything just like okay like (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna be a little bit of a race um you know finding some herds and and the found a herd with some bulls kind of up on their own but another guy had found those and then there were some bigger herds with some cows calves and some other bulls so just they were broke off into these these areas i guess in that unit there's about 300 ish uh buffalo you know 280 to 330 it sounds like is what what there is and the biologists want to keep that herd down around 300 um so the, the the interesting thing about the Henrys, iconic for mule deer, the terrain was insane. The Aspens and just up, you were I think the up on top was it was ten five eleven thousand something like somewhere. that. Yeah, it was around ten at the top. Big mountains. It was kind of interesting. It was the last mountain range mapped in the lower forty eight. It was just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere on its own. So that was kind of cool. That's the only, I believe it's the only truly free range wild herd of buffalo in the United States. I think that. You know, the Yellowstone herd's coming in and out of the park, so they're protected part of the year. Uh, there's, a, there's a herd in Arizona that I think is supplemented by buffalo off of an Indian reservation. Um, and I'm not an expert at this, but I, I, I think from what I understand is that um, is that is the only, like, they're, and they're wild. Um, yeah, they're, they're the real deal. Um, so I don't know how much. So ta- so Taylor, you uh, you know talking with Taylor throughout the year, obviously, and you set it up set it up with him. Yeah, and, and then trying to look at looking for a second tag, which which we couldn't pull that off. Um, so we ended up just just with a one, and then um, John came down. I yeah, we you fly down or no, no we, we drove. We met we met up and uh, we met in. I drove over to Ontario, actually, where the NRL championship was. You know, right there at the Ontario Inn, uh, where we had we have a bunch of matches there for you, Idaho, and all you Northwest guys. Um, after I actually left my truck in that town there and jumped in Ben's truck, and we went from there down to down to Utah. Stayed in Salt Lake, just south of Salt Lake, first night on the drive down. Broke that trip up, got in there about midnight, and then drove down the next day. Went out scouting and kind of getting ready for the season to open. Um, they had a good camp set up, good food. Just, I mean, it was. It, we ended up i don't you want to walk up through the the day or the night yeah we just kind of talk about that the opening morning so we get out and you know we've scouted the night before and we're realizing how many other people are also out and going to be out you know in the same areas the same herd and all that so we found one area that was kind of off to the side a lot of guys thought it was an off-limits area but the the outfitter had permission to go through this yeah this gated area anyway um but one other guy had it too so we were kind of working together so we weren't going to foul up each other on the opening morning so 
next day we everybody gets out there before daylight and there's probably eight or ten side by sides stacked up at this gate it's kind of two or three groups of us all together <laughs> yeah. and um we roll up to where we'd left the bison the night before as on this big high just kind of high slope meadow mm-hmm. and um just starting to crack daylight and the herd is just above us in the wide open at 350 yards just as daylight starts coming up and so we're kind of trying to pick out the two shooters because we'd put two shooters to bed they were two of the nicest bulls we'd seen in the whole the whole deal um and we're trying to time it to where we get this other guy and myself a good shot at the same time kind of a count off one two squeeze anyway that's you pretty guys, tricky on a herd you guys, of bison. You guys know how that works when the herds leave, and there was two guys dropping in on top through some private. I don't know. I'm assuming they had permission. I'm not sure how that worked out, but some guys we didn't know about, and so they were kind of boogering off. And yeah, the old one, two, three is difficult, especially with guys you don't know in a situation like that. So. Yeah, trying to be courteous to the guy, making sure he gets a shot. He's trying to make sure I'm getting a shot. He was cool. Happen. He deferred. He deferred to Ben. I gotta give him props. I mean, he seemed like yeah. a nice guy. He deferred to Ben. He's like, "Hey, man, you can shoot the biggest one. I understand the situation." And, and there was two good bulls, so it wasn't like he was gonna shoot a slouch. But he was. He was cool. So props to him. Like, I don't know yeah, his name. Yeah, he was a pretty guy. So pretty that was guy. that was nice. No drama there, which is always a plus. Some of those hunts get a little bit, can get a little bit, a little goofy, which isn't very fun. So um, that was cool. So then. So the herd slipped by us. We had these other guys pushing, you know, they came and pushed straight down on top of them and blew them out. So off they go. We can't get a shot. It's not light enough to really see what we're looking at. And we couldn't identify. It is hard to judge. There's good bulls and then there's great bulls. And there's, it's, it's like, sort of like mountain goat hunting where it's tricky. It's not like seeing a giant elk and a small elk. Like you, you got to judge them and not shoot the wrong one. Cows have horns, you know, everything has got horns and you're, you're looking for the, you know the big one so that was it, and we low light and they were moving it just didn't it, it wasn't going to pan out it wasn't even we didn't even get real close to being like okay that's yours and this is yeah. this is it wasn't a it just went it went bad relatively quick so i was like all right here we go so the uh the bison moved off down below us got into the timber disappeared and so it's kind of these open patches and then big chunk of timber and you can kind of tell you know if you know the area where they're going to go and where they're going to come through and that's this is where the the outfitter really paid off was he yeah. just knew. He goes, okay, they're going to come down through this, and they're going to go through this, and then they're going to come out here, and they're finally going to end up right this spot. Yeah, it's not like three little hills. We're talking like they're going to cover – it's going to be it's, six, seven it's, miles, it's miles of just big cuts and, and drainages and stuff like that. And so they're into this – they get into the thick – come out of the aspens up high, these big meadows, and they drop down into the thick junipers, uh, you know, some benches and some big cuts, you know, big drainages and stuff like that. So it's – it's it's fair sized country when they disappeared like okay and all along we talked the night before like dude this is if this if you don't kill a bull opening day we might be here the entire hunt because they get all blown out and hold up somewhere there's a lot of places for those yeah, things to disappear too so we're like okay this is uh um th- this will be interesting so right off the bat we're like okay well there goes that so here we go yeah they got all of a sudden we were just like okay this is gonna get real difficult. Um, so we still have this other hunter. He's he's a friend of the outfitters, so you know, no issue there. But it just it was making it difficult. So he's shadowing us, and um, he's basically, hey, I'm sticking with you because he knew that that our outfitter knew, you know, kind of how the whole thing was going to shake out. It was, that was not every every person we ran into was like, oh, hey, you're Taylor. And they were every, everybody respect him a lot. So yeah, I'm, maybe some of you guys know him. Maybe you don't like him, but he was he was really cool, and uh, everybody up there seemed to really respect him, which was cool. I was like, that's nice to have. 
So a couple hours after daylight, we, um, we, that first setup got blown out by the other people that came down on top of them. So um, we looped around, picked, picked up part of that herd or another herd further down the mountain. And, you know, you're spotting them at a mile or half mile away. Anyway, we cruised down, and that other hunter kept shadowing us, which was, which was fine. We just knew, just like, wow, this is going to make it more work. Yeah. Anyway, we stop, and we're in this big clearing. And yeah, we, we had seen these bulls go over this hill. Like, you glassed them up. We like, Taylor was like, stop. we got to check this hill. And it, was about, it was about 1,600 to 1,800 yards away. I ranged it. And so Ben glasses, and they were, they were lined out heading up this hill. And we're like, okay, cool. That's, a, that's that big herd. And so uh, game plan, we drove around three, four miles side by sides and then hiked down and in. And so now we're in this big meadow. So we're just sitting there waiting, knowing that they're close by. And then after a bit, you could hear them in the timber clicking over the shale. And you didn't know if they were going to just go through the timber and we never see them or go out to the left or right. Anyway, they ended up coming out right over the top of us. They popped out of the timber about 60, 70 yards in front of us, coming right, just right by us. I should post it. I have a video. John's got a great video of that. I pulled the video out and started filming. I should post it up. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty neat shot just a herd small herd of wild bison just coming right over the top of us so and it wasn't the big herd this was we're like they came out and it was about 15 of them or 20 something like that something like that maybe even more but yeah it came out right over the top of us so that that guy that was shadowing us he locked onto one of them and and uh torched off a couple shots and and got the one he was looking for there was no in there was no shooters in that group that we wanted so it was nice that he was yeah able to tag out and then um we kept rolling and, and he was done yeah Trying to get for that. No, right after. So he shoots, and I was like, okay, that's not a herd. Because we were working around the mountain to try to cut this herd off as, as they side-hilled around. Well, so they do these big, like the Department of Fish and Wildlife, um, do these big clearings where they try to get those junipers out and get more of that grassland, that meadow stuff in there, because those junipers are pretty invasive. And so there was this huge strip where they had cleared, kind of on this little bench way up on the mountain. And and Taylor was figuring those bulls, were, or the, that herd was going to wrap around that mountain we were catching him in that clearing so as soon as he shot we grabbed our stuff and spin around and we walked five yards and at the very far end of that clearing here they come i'm like oh shoot and they're like they're right there so instantly we threw our spotters down see a big bull it's blowing hard at our backs right at these right at these things i was like dude i was like those are like 500 yards like right there third one from the back and ben's getting ready and i pull my rangefinder out and i range i'm like 987 I'm like, oh shoot, those are a thousand yards, and it was like, and it was ripping. I was, and they're moving. I was like, this is going to be a little tricky. Well, right about the same time, a thousand yards away, they all stop and put their noses in the air, and they all wind us a thousand yards away. I was like, oh geez, and and Taylor's like, we're at the same time, like, dude, they winded us, and they just they turned around and blew over the edge, and you're like, all right, these I gotta give them some props. Like that was a was a long ways away to get blown out yeah, by it was, an animal. It was impressive. Yeah. There's no chance for a shot on that at all. No, no, nothing. I mean, certainly not an ethical shot. <laughs> no. And, um, and, so, and so then off they go. We're like, all right. And so that was kind of the uh, – kind of knew the gig was up. We had sent another guy down, way down in the flats to try to look back up. And he had them for a little bit and said where they were cutting. So we ran over another half mile got over looked down over this edge and 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 saw him just for a minute breaking over the next bench over and and gone so we're like all right and now it's getting it's getting later in the day and we're time to regroup so we pack buck out of there let's see what we get back to the bikes head down to the bottom everybody meets up 
and it's kind of midday and we're like they're like yeah it's not over it's not over not over and then two of the guys were with these old one was a farrier his whole life lived in the desert this other guy lives in the desert and they hunt mule they're both so we've got our long range guns right and so both these guys are like they were interested by it like i we stopped and checked the gun midday um took a couple shots with the big 338 and uh checked it they couldn't believe it they're like holy smokes and but their guns are like just old he goes dude i got an ancient 30 out six the other guy had a 243 and they were he goes one guy was like i just zero my my gun at 25 yards he's like oh that's funny i zero mine at 50 and these are just old timers and but all they do is is track deer he goes like they go out and a lot of times he said they'll drag like they'll put put a piece of sage or something and drag a trail the night before and then they'll and then drive it the next day just to cut a track in the sand and he goes then off we go and he goes he goes we'll hike for two three four days um just you know doing that and they end up just jumping deer and shooting a point blank so kind of a different strategy you know obviously we don't you can't hunt that way nobody hunts that way at home you, it's a desert tactic that i'm not <laughs> certainly never done or yeah or good totally at. different style and so it was kind of fun to have those guys are like they were kind of excited i could feel kind of the excitement with one of the guys he's like okay now it's my turn because they got down in the valley floor um, they come, they, you know, they get run all the way off the mountain into this thick, flat juniper. You can't glass it. You can't, like, I was like, so, well, now I'm out of luck. I need to go back up the mountain and get the big spotters out and try to see them down there and then do that. But they're like, no, this is this is their wheelhouse. So they're they're out ripping around. I don't know what, how'd that go down. It was just. I don't know there because we were, you know, we were trying to maneuver around, but apparently they knew where they were heading. And I think the old timer got on, on those tracks and he radioed yeah. to Taylor and just said, this is where they're going. And so that was a couple of hours of just, you know, glassing and moving around and, and crossing ground. And then they kind of had this, I wouldn't call them a rival, but this other group of guys that knew the area. They're like, they know the area pretty good, but, well, I'll spare some details. But anyway, they're just, they were nice guys, but I think there was a little, some backstory. So they're, they're kind of working the same thing. And and Taylor and his crew was like, no, we're gonna. They just, I loved it. They were so competitive. They like, really, it got pretty competitive right there, and it was fun. It was cool. They're like, we're gonna make this happen. So they, with this other crew, they got guys, you know, spread out on radios, and ho- they got two horses cruising around and side by sides, and it's it's crazy. It was a, it was crazy. It was a pretty big effort. Probably I don't know, ten or fifteen of their guys. There's multiple guys on horsebacks, yep. side by sides, trucks. They had their, you could see their hunter that he was posted up on a high rock in the middle of it all. Yeah, we glassed him up like, their guy's right there. Something's going on. So <laughs> they start ripping around. The one, the one, he, I, I say old timer. I just, he, he's only 50, but he's like, he grew up in that, um, just, he's an older guy that's always done his hunt in that area. So he takes off on a mission and he, he's, he's going to go cut those tracks. We take off the other way and we're just ripping because Taylor's on a mission. Yeah, Taylor figured out what was going on because he could see the, the that competitive group, what they were doing, and the bison were coming right right by them or close to them. And he just goes, nope, we're going to jump all the way over the top of them. He goes, they're going to pass through them, and then they're going to end up down further. And so we went flat out on the side-by-sides for about seven or eight miles. He just knew they weren't going to go by the rock. He just knew they were going to cut further to the, yep. to the north there, which was awesome. And So we're just bombing along for the ride. We're just ripping along. And, and they, he, I mean, he was going. It wasn't like he was hunting or looking. He was driving as hard as he could go, and I'm right in uh, right seat with him. Yeah, we're in the. What, you guys were in that general. Was it Polaris General? Something what, like what's that. What's the, yeah, the, the one thousand general? It's yep. that. You guys know what it is. A big side by side. It was getting after it. It was fun. So we do this giant, giant loop. Eight, seven, eight, nine miles, whatever it was. Long, just this big long loop. 
and he's trying to, you know, basically get in front of this herd, and he rolls all the way up, and then we stop, and we literally right to where we, we went, and we stop and we look up, and there's the whole herd at 150 yards right in front of us in this kind of this lumpy juniper country. Just this flat, just flat desert country with these little cuts, little there's, drainage cuts. I mean, like right there, like 30, 40 feet of elevation. It's no, there's no mountains, there's no nothing. We're down in the flats, and we stop looking around, and someone say something. I was like, oh, right, just right in front of us, and now it's on. So 150 yards, they and they stood there for a minute, and then they all laid down. Yeah, so they ended up, they ended up bet, they bedded, uh, bedded at, from us from 75 to 90 yards. They bedded right below us. The they group. didn't know we were there. They came in. They were just running in, trying to get away, and they'd been running all day from the top of the stinking mountain. And uh, I, what? So we ended up, we couldn't, it was so brushy and all that, you could, you could only see a few of them at a time. So we're kind of just like rolling through the juniper, like army guys trying to just get little windows and pick out which one was good. At some yep. point, they either heard us. They didn't wind us, but I think they heard us or something. Anyway, they started kind of collecting up and standing up and, and moving around. The lead cow. I watched the lead cow just like just ram one of the bulls, or I don't know if it was a bull or cow. It was his butt and just rammed it to get it up, and then they were off. They just kept moving. So we ended up picking out a um, the biggest one out of that group that we could see, and yep. we're you know we're sitting there with a thousand yard gun and hoping for some killer long-range shot that we could videotape and make it all spectacular. <laughs> I ended up freehanding a bull at 160 yards with a LRKM and um, just put one right just right over the top, over his, just above his, his vitals and um, just right behind the shoulder. But on a bicycle... No, you want, just above his heart, right into his lungs, yep. not you above wanna, his vitals. You want to hit them low, a lot lower yeah. than what you think. It if you study their anatomy before a, before a hunt, you'll... You'll see what I'm talking about. There's a lot of dead space up there where a normal high shoulder shot would be. It's not there. It's just yep. this big spine. There, it's funky looking. It turns. The whole spine kind of turns down as it goes um, yep. through the you know through the shoulder area. Anyway, so put one right through where you typically shoot an elk or a deer, and um, banged up both his front shoulders pretty good with that 300 gram bullet. Yeah, he and reared up. Reared up, and you can tell his legs are hammered and should be going down anyway he he runs off with the herd and um we start tracking just for what 100 yards yeah i mean we give him we give him 10 20 minutes there's a deer doe um 10 or 20 minutes walk well kind of regroup grab some grab some stuff out of the packs and then and then start heading in and just not not really any blood you just get on the track where there's like junipers all broke up into pieces and you can you can see the deep tracks I mean, all the other tracks trail. are normal and then his are all gouged in twice yeah. as deep just because he's yeah he's hit Anyway, he um, creeping through there like a Cape Buffalo hunt now. Yeah, it felt yeah, it felt like we were hunting Cape Buffalo all of a sudden. And uh, sure enough, we we jump him, and he's just right there. He's within probably 140 yards of where we shot, and he he pops back up. And um, so I'm kind of angling around trying to get a shot off through the junipers. And anyway, he stops, and put one in high shoulder. He's standing behind a tree, so I couldn't get down into his vitals. And there was a hit through a tree trunk. Anyway, so he goes down and. Um, we get that all wrapped up but really nice bull it was um really really cool mop on him some of them don't have that much hair and other ones have a lot but he was one of the ones that had a ton on it It good horns just just a good bull all the way around anyway so that was kind of the the what was that that was a one day yeah one day but it felt it felt like a lot more because there was a lot happening taylor had been in there off and on all year so checking trail cams and in scouting so i mean obviously give him a lot of credit a lot of credit those guys know that mountain and that really 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 well and it was i mean after showing up there like i had no doubt that we could have killed a buffalo um at some point 
um, with some research and, and a, a scouting trip or two. But, man, just time-wise, especially for Ben, Ben's time's super valuable, just crazy busy with work and stuff. And so that situation was just perfect. And Taylor, it's fun when it's really cool guys. Like, it was fun. There was – just it was just all the way around. It was a really good different time. different group of history and all that in that area. Which those guys, you know, born and raised there, multiple generations. So it's fun to kind of just chat with them about the yeah. area and just some of the animals and some of the Native American history and all yeah. that. That was all. It's all Red Rock Canyons and cliffs and tons of artifacts. Yeah, it was it was a cool. It was this little tiny town out there in the Henrys. I guess that was where the Rough Riders were founded and the guy that or the guy that founded Rough Riders started that city or whatever. Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like a city of what. 40 people a i don't know if people, that's a yeah. city yeah but he lived out there and, until he until he died um it just real interesting different part of the country i'd never hunted idaho or utah before i don't had you nope yeah so first time you know hunting idaho or utah for both of us um uh, i think the bull was we didn't get it aged but guessing around nine yeah uh, good, I think that's what he figured it was good mature bull um just really the dre- I couldn't believe the way they're made is crazy. They're like this. Their hindquarters aren't usually the hindquarters are the biggest part of the animal by far. Um, whereas the uh, this thing was it's like a giant front end loader, just huge shoulders and head, neck, big and shoulders, head yeah, and it's neck, ridiculous. and just a total different build. Um, I would not. I, you, I a big gun is needed for those. I think I, he's. He did. He did mention. He he said. He said the worst thing he ever had was a guy was shooting one with a six five Creed, and it, I think he said fourteen shots. It was just something. Ter- just sucks. So if you hunt those, take a big gun. I mean, they. It did feel like I had my six five PRC. I, I took it down there, and we took the three thirty eight. And then you start watching them. You're like, uh, yeah. Worst case scenario, a six five PRC will absolutely kill one, obviously, but like, they're thick. Yeah. They're really, really thick. So. Um, uh, pretty not a bad situation as far as getting them out um, down in the flats, you know, kind of cut them up and do your thing and then, you know, get relatively close side by side. It wasn't any backbreaking thing. So that was pretty straightforward. And, um, yeah, it was cool. wrapped up, it was got, cool. got on home. That was number 19 on my list. Yep. Um, that was awesome. And it was fun. I had a really good time. Like sometimes I always like going hunting and then some hunts are better than others. Some are like, man, this is a grind. And it was, you don't really get much out of it, but it was pretty fun being in the area with those guys, the history of the Henry's as far as mule deer goes, we were up in mule deer country and glossed up some mule deer and was able to watch that. And the whole thing felt, it just felt kind of cool with the red rock, the canyons and the the history, the, the native Americans, just some pretty crazy stories about that kind of stuff. Um, just They're finding artifacts in the in some of the small caves there that go back 300 to 500 years. And all kinds of one stuff. Of the, one of the guys that we were with in camp said they had found some grain that was stored, and he yeah, actually corn took cob. it out. Corn cobs that yeah. they that they you know been in there for hundreds of years, and they took it out and planted it, and it actually grew corn. Yeah, he he grew corn and beans that, that were they estimated. I think he said five to six hundred years old, and he said a bunch of it had been eaten by mice, obviously, but. Um, he said there was so much of it piled into these caves uh, for storage that that there was still a bunch left. That was just crazy. There was a one um, they were hunting. Um, and I guess they had a big wash, a big rainstorm, and it would wash kind of the side of this mountain off this plateau down off this edge, and they were climbing up this rock slide and started finding skulls from, like, a burial ground. And they and, you know, turned that in, and they I think that was all um, they said the conservation or whatever they do when they – the tribe comes out and does all that, but lots of that kind of history and just crazy stories. You know, guys growing up there in tiny little towns their whole life, and they're out in the hills always. So that that was just always cool stories and, and, a, and a good time. But 
Uh, a lot of driving on that one. Didn't yeah, that was a long road trip. We drove down, but didn't fly. And in the meantime, all this hunt we're on now was coming together. Um, a lot, I mean, this guy's booked out a few years. Um, you know, historically has been one of the top Shiras areas, um, you know, in the world. The world record came out of the unit that we just hunted this morning. Yeah. And, um, and so that pro- wasn't going to pan out then it did and and i think on the way down there you would call him up to a message said hey yeah it's a go let's let's make this happen and, yep. he, and he was out doing stuff busy so we didn't hear back from him and so just kind of like you know all that so like okay well let's, let's get home and work for you know five days or a week uh before we roll back out and that's that's what we did that brings us to this hunt i suppose and we're only 40 minutes in yeah <laughs> um so uh again we met mark uh in six seven six seventeen uh, uh, up in the yukon uh met one of his sons uh colton uh coming he was coming out of on a hunt and we were going in getting on the float plane to fly into this place um there was a kid named this little kid named grayson with us on the stone jeep hunt uh, who who didn't i, we, I didn't really get to know him very well didn't make a big impression no, was he was a, pretty quiet he was young i think he was 16 or 17 years old yeah. and he was the the helper the wrangler on um on our stone sheep hunt didn't really say a whole lot he was just there to kind of learn yeah and now he's been at it and now he's a, he's a legit killer so i ended up i hunting with him most of the time it was fun he's 24 he's a he's a riot we had a blast probably gonna go back up there in a, in a few months to do some uh just going up hanging out and probably do a bunch of predator hunting stuff so i think i'm gonna do that this winter Maybe work on some other ideas we're kicking around, but um, and and then Ben hunted uh, with with one of uh, Mark's boys, Lane, most of the time, and then we we combined a fair bit. But so we get up here. Let's see, today's Sunday. Uh, we were headed back. We got up here last Sunday. I think we started driving uh, Saturday, stayed the night down Quarter Lane, left my truck there, and then jumped in with Ben, and then rolled up in, in up here the, on Sunday. So been up here a week. Um, uh you want to yeah walk through the beginning of kind of the plan so we have we got two decks for the uh for the moose hunt neighboring units are side by side so they're kind of focusing on my unit for whatever reason first and they had a big bull picked out that's what in each unit um and in john's unit it was not that high of a quality unit but they had a really good one picked out and they kept driving by and they could see it well so my bull that they had seen is was is actually living in your unit. It had to cross the highway to be in my unit, but there's there's a park that no one can hunt, and it's the strip of of poplar and 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 willows. I'm calling aspens poplars now, by the way. Uh, there's a highway, and there's a park, and there's a lake, and so from the highway west is Ben's unit, but that bull won't cross the lake. So he'll never be in a huntable part of Ben's unit, even though he was in there at that time. So the only thing he does is cross the highway into mine if I could ever even get a chance, which he'd been sitting there for three weeks. So the chances were, you know, slim to none that bulls like that move. And so, but they had seen the bull we chased for you. They had seen in their, they have a huge, they got a big ranch and this giant drainage that's beautiful. And it had been in there for... For yeah, for ages, and it was just, and they'd seen it two days before we got there, and no reason for it to leave. There's no, no other hunter pressure. There's hardly any moose tags. There's guys hunting elk and deer, but no one's got a moose tag, and so, and besides, it's private, so no one's in there hunting moose. So that bull's there. So plan is, opening morning, I'm not gonna hunt. 
we're hunting Ben's tag. Got to go kill that big bull. So that's what we're doing. We're all piled in looking for this bull opening morning. And what? We hunt and we hunt and yeah, we hunt. Yeah, just and we all hunt, of a sudden days and, and days and days. And just, we're not turning them up. We're seeing lots of moose every day, anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to ten to 20 moose. Yep. And, you know, more than half of those are, are bulls. But nothing nothing spectacular. We found one really great shooter, but he was completely broken off on one side. That sucked because that was deep into the – that was day yesterday or the day before. We hadn't seen this bull, and we see this big old pan show in the sun. I, Grace and I are up on this big ridge. We hike, hike up and glass down, and then Ben's down at the bottom, and we both see it. And from – it looks big, and then you see it turn, and you're like, he's got his fronts, but he broke the whole top of his <laughs> – the whole top of his paddle off at some point. And that was, that sucked. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it was because it was good. Yep. Um, uh, so we're looking, and we're just we're not turning him up. We're like, well, he's got to be in here. So we look and look, and then at some point, start doing some pushes. Mark jumps on a horse and it's kind of riding around, just try, just doing anything we can to try to turn this thing up. And there's there's it's thick country down below, big willow patches, and and then like pine or I don't know what they are, pine trees and stuff where they. You know, it's not like you can see everything off this valley. You could, you know, we were up there for a week and we didn't see that broken paddle bull till you know five days in. So looking and looking and looking, and then we're kind of cruising along, and we're like, well, at some point, I was like, at some point, I gotta go start hunting, or we're gonna we're gonna eat uh, tag soup for two moose. Um, I don't know, and I don't know why they ended up finally doing it because I kept telling them, I'm like, hey, if you guys, because we could see John's bull over there in his unit. Every day, they're like, yep, he's still there, he's still there. And yeah. I told him, I said, hey, you know, it's right there. Go put some effort into that. Which is, you know, being in a park, there's not a lot we can do. So we would keep an eye on it, keep an eye on it, keep an eye on it. it again, it's been there for three weeks. And you guys know that if you guys, I mean, we've hunted border. If you've hunted very long, you've hunted unit boundaries or park boundaries or private property. Or there's always lines of places you can and can't go and i've been in a bunch of those situations like if that buck will just come over 200 yards or if this will do this it just never happens it's just like we've all been there if you've hunted a bunch especially you guys down you know hunting texas or something or oklahoma where you got a bunch of private that's you know intertwined i think it probably happens more than even out west but um or you know or back east in those smaller blocks of property but um so we're three four days in we're like all right let's get after it so next morning i'm going so grace and i are going to go hunt ben's going to keep looking for his because we got to kind of divide and conquer here before we run out of time so no we hunted with ben that morning that afternoon i was like all right we're going to go hunt or something anyway grace and i we had lunch we rolled out drove up on this ridge to look down in the park well it's warm it was abnormally warm which didn't help anything and the fullest moon you've ever seen and so just not not very good hunting conditions all things considered so we roll up this big park we're looking down on it and we don't see the moose but it's two in the afternoon and odds are there's a ton of places for it to hide we've been up there once before and didn't see it either and and then it was there that night so it's like we look around we didn't see that but we also didn't see a couple cows and these other two smaller bulls like man maybe if some if they were here we would see one and so Grayson's like, dude, he goes, you never know. He goes, maybe he's out. And I'm like, maybe, but I'm trying to keep my hopes out. I was like, I'm going to, I told Grace, I was like, I'm keeping my expectations at about a 
it's about it's a one to three percent is where i'm at i was like i just he's like what i was like i was like hey i'm good i was like let's go but i'm just i'm keeping them low because i've been here a lot and he's like all right so there's there's two places he wants to check and um and we're kind of going back and forth he's like well if we either one's committed you got to hike in and you're committed there for the day and I was like, well, whatever. So we cruise around, and and my unit is 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 not as good as Ben's unit, and we don't have the land access that or that big area that we hunted that Ben that Ben did. So start driving around, talk to some locals, and then we talked to these two local guys who had moose tags, and they had been for three weeks. They hadn't seen a moose. They I don't think either over thirty or over thirty five inches. So. They hadn't seen a good moose in weeks, and they live there. They're ranchers. They're out all the time. And I was like, "Holy smokes!" I was like, "This could be it. This could be a tough one." Circle all the way back around. Roll back over to this area around four, and we start. He's like, "Let's go in and check." And it's this little tiny area that, if the bull comes out of the park and crosses the highway and gets up into this patch, he can hang there for a minute. So we start hiking and hiking and hiking and hiking it's it's not it's it's a mile mile and a half i don't know it's not it's up this mountain it's not it's, not, it's just a long hike out get up there we set down it's 4 30 and we look up and i see these two two bulls and grayson saw a bigger bull and they're just on a line and i was like dude there's right there and it's this little area so we're looking scrambling to grab the spotter um, get the spotter. I put the spotter. I throw it up and I throw it on the two small bulls. I'm like it's not them. It's not them. He's like no, no, to the left. So I go look at. It. I throw it to him. He look on the spotter. I'm grabbing my gun just in case. Um, he he's like I think it's him. I think it's him. He's he's passing through these pines and he gets in this opening. Dude, it's him. And he starts. So now we're like he's on a mission too. He's rolling. So I start ranging. He's seven fifty eight hundred and the wind is ripping. So I, and I've got my little lightweight 6.5 PRC, the the same same exact gun I won the NRL championship with, the MDT folder, which I stinking love. I've I've got the 5.25 Mark V on it, a uh, little 24 inch carbon 6.5 PRC. I'm shooting the 156 burgers, about 29, right around 2900. So shooting's good, uh, but not in my mind for some reason. I thought this hunt was a little closer quarters, and it was big open like. Like what is it? Like grass? It's kind of yeah. It's a combination of these grass patches with these little strips of timber and, and, and some willows. And, and willow, and yeah. It's a combination. It's high country. It's four thousand, forty-five hundred feet. It's high desert, I guess, is what it would be. Kind of um, cattle ground. It's not like you're down in the swamp at all. Um, I don't know if I ever. I didn't get my feet wet, and not. I mean, obviously no. some stuff was froze, but it wasn't that cold, and I, I mean, no, not much water, so. So stuff's happening quick. The, I pull out my Kestrel because the wind's just been howling out there. It's going 14 to 16 miles an hour, and I'm standing up doing my thing. You guys all see me do it matches. I've got my arms up, and I'm trying to face right into the wind. I was like, man, I've got like an 11, 30, 12 o'clock. I was like, I'm not going to have to worry about wind at all. He's coming across, um, and Grayson's getting excited. And he doesn't know. Like, he knows I can shoot, but he doesn't. He's like, he's like he starts saying, he's like, hey, hey, okay, when you do – Never mind, never mind. You know what you're doing. And he'd catch himself like three times. Like, hey, okay, if you shoot him, you got to keep shooting. Never mind, never mind. It was, so it was pretty funny. It, we were having a good time, a good time, but it was going down pretty quick. So that thing's feeding across. It hit a line at about 748 to 755, and it was kind of traveling this line parallel across from me, but in the thick stuff. So I kept range, and I was like, man, he's holding that line. So I dialed. It was 4.1 mils. Um, spun her up to 4.1. 
and we were laying on a downhill, so I collapsed the sky pod to the skinniest position so it's the tallest and pulled the legs all the way out. And I just got it up high enough. I was just about going to have to grab my tripod to use it as a to clip it on my little lightweight glass. I want to use it as long legs. But I just got that sky pod up high enough to where I could get my, I had a little really lightweight rear bag. And I wanted to break pretty solid shots and be able to see them. Came out and I got everything ready. I was like, man, I feel good. And he goes, all right. And so he's feeding, he's not feeding, he's just traveling. He hits this opening and stops. And I was like, I'm good. And the only downside is it was, it was a rush. We didn't get the phone scope on this. Um, but he, I go, I'm good. So I was, I just, he goes, and I just went boom. And I rocked that round before that first round hit. I saw it land. It landed good. Just behind the shoulder. Good shot. He starts going. I send another one while he's walking and I hit him up high. Um, and then he stops and I hit him once more and he goes down just right then. Just boom. And he's down legs kicking. We're freaking out. We're like, no way. Cause just the odds of him coming out of the park and us happen to get into this, this little tricky spot where we could see was just if you guys have hunted you know it's like i mean i'd give it a one i don't know one or two percent it's just it just doesn't happen like as good as that happened i mean if we'd sat in there for 10 days and every day and he finally comes out that's one thing but to literally go in there that first night and get that lucky is i'll take it but it was pretty it was pretty crazy so um hooting and hollering we move around before we move in it's getting late and we we look and i can see his paddles moving i was like gosh dang it and and he gets he gets up he's laying there but his head's up and i was like i was like shoot so we move over get this thing he's because he dropped behind a pine tree and barely could see him so we moved across the hill about 755 got a look at him and we i threw a phone scope on that shot i could post it but he was bedded down so if i post that guys not my first shot i already got him and he was down, but I wanted to I wanted to put him down. So kind of a tricky where I was looking through was just a little bit of brush and a little bit of, his head was there. I didn't want to shoot his horn and I wanted to keep it keep it down. And I ended up I spined him and put him down. Um and that was it. And we packed in there. Um got down there late, not a lot of pictures, getting dark fast. Um snapped a few, got a couple good ones. I'll I'll post some stuff up at some point here. When just to give you guys an idea size wise he's a He's a mid fifties inch Shiras moves, which is phenomenal. Awesome, yeah. It's it's no slouch at all. It's what you're it's what you're hoping for. It's it is. Yep. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, they've been watching this bull in the park because he's like, dude, it's one of it's. Grace is like, that's the biggest bull in the unit. He goes hands down. When we went and talked, I left that out. When we went and talked to those guys that have been hunting, they're like, the only big bull that anybody knows of anymore is that bull in the park. Like, and he's not coming out. He's been in there forever. And so, like, and so it's kind of funny those guys knew about him too. So I think he was a little bit legend, and and uh, yeah, he's a. I mean, when you when you shoot a Shiras that looks like a Canadian moose, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. And it's uh, a gr- a really really good. I mean, I, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know moose good enough to what, but like a 40 45 inch moose is a is a is a is a real nice bull, and that bull was 51 with a with a big time broke. So. Maybe 54, 53, 50, you know, somewhere in there, yep. kind of that low to mid 50s, which is, which is crazy. He had, he had huge fronts, these really cool fronts, and I'm just thrilled with them. And it was just to get the bull. It's always fun when there's an animal, there's some history there, and have it work out is just, uh, it's pretty crazy. So then, and he it was just, oh, he's so big. We got down there, him and I were working him up. Grayson and his, Grandpa's ranch is not not that far, so they actually came down. 
got a side-by-side in him, and we were able to get him pretty close and, and get some rope to him and got him drug out. Then we cut him up in pieces and got him into a into the side-by-side and then into a truck and then and then back to camp. So um, it's pretty fun rolling back to camp, honking the horn. And like, we didn't have any surface in the bottom, so, you know, I didn't know. We couldn't let anybody know anything. So we, we uh, got you know, got him, and it was that was pretty – pretty cool i was uh i mean i'll take i'll take it when i can get it. i didn't i didn't as you guys know the last thing we talked to you guys about was that was that canadian moose hunt i didn't and i ate that tag and it's uh, it was pretty bittersweet <laughs> on some of these hunts i mean they're they're not cheap hunts they're not easy hunts it's a lot of effort a lot of traveling a lot of money a lot of time just spent out there we just yep. spent six i don't know six seven days gone yeah so it's a it's cool. So that's that for me was I uh, the pressure was building on Ben's side for me personally. Um, I wanted I, I, that that big bull was is such a goal, and so I was like, uh, Grace and I were talking. I was like, dude, we have got to get something knocked down and get back over there and spread out and cover ground and figure something out. We were both. It was just a it was a great just to relieve the stress on me because I really wanted to kill a moose, but the priority was that first that big one that we knew was huntable and so the way it came down together was great and it was just the first day we got over to that to my unit which is just just nuts so then now we're back to your unit <laughs> yeah struggling. Um, and it was it was more the same um so we ended up having you guys and a couple other guys all helping so we probably had six crew. seven eight guys fanned out over seven eight thousand acres yeah plus a couple guys some you know, cause guys were there's some white-tailed hunters, mule deer hunters, and stuff that we knew uh, keeping tabs on stuff and looking for stuff is obviously as well. And, and then they're not seeing anything. Um, we went in, kind of a long shot out to this other drainage, um, which is awesome. But you need to spend some time in there. And we're just like, okay, we're running out of time. Like, where do we go here? Do we go back? And you're kind of frantic. Like, we got to watch this swamp because he could show up any day. But if you could set in here for three or four days, you probably see something there too. But then I don't know because we got in there and there the wolves were in there thick. We all, I thought we were going to howl a wolf in. Honestly, we were. Yeah, we got in there and there was about half a dozen wolves just up and going. The tracks all over the place and they were howling the night that we were in there. Yeah, we were howling them back. They were responding. Then there was a there was a pack, you know, straight ahead to the west and then to the south there was one lone wolf and I thought that lone wolf would come in, and we sat there till dark and it just didn't. It just didn't. We were. I. I it was a pretty good setup. It, it was potential. So. Um, got in there and gave that shake. We saw five moose in there, uh, three cows and two small bulls. But again, not what you know, not what, what what's there. I mean, yeah, that it's supposed to be great supposed potential. phenomenal size animals in that unit. So we were kind of trying to hang on. So yeah. what we're in there another three, four days or so. And my in my head, my cutoff was like, okay, I need we need to wrap this up by Saturday. Mm-hmm. And which so is we, yesterday. Yesterday. So we go out saturday morning and we did not have much of a setup we found one bull at 700 750 and he was moving no real chance for any kind of a decent shot so yeah he wasn't a, it wasn't a giant yeah it was, it was nothing just, even it was great just a at little, all little bull so at this point we've kind of decided hey we just need to you know we need to check a shyrus off the list we're not worried about a big one at this point because i think we would have turned him up if he did you know if he was there yeah and uh so now we're like hey we got to wrap this up and just get home we're going to check the box we're going to get any bull and um so no luck on Saturday at all. Evening hunt was blown out. We had a trespasser. Uh, two of them come through on quads and really kind of messed up the the evening hunt. He drove right through the middle of our whole set. 
um, yeah. pushed a herd of about 100 elk right over the top of all the moose that were in the timber below us that we were glass, and it just was kind of a mess. Anyway, yeah. um, so we're like, well, let's give it one more day, and the morning hunt there is, is a good 80% better than the evening hunt pretty yeah, much every day. Yeah, the morning hunt was awesome. So we roll through this morning at daylight, and um, there's hardly anything. I mean, we're picking up typically four to six bulls in this in this giant drainage every morning, and we go through there, and there is nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's warm, and it's like yeah. it's you walk outside at night, come going to bed in the little cabin, and it's like it's daylight out, and you're like, oh, this is Big the worst man. possible. You're up in Alberta in late November, and it's, I mean, it's not warm, but it's not cold either. If we're up here this time of year, it's pretty mellow. So you're like, dude. So we get out to the very end this morning, and did you spot that or somebody else? Somebody, I think John spotted a bull at the very, very far end of our unit. And so we just drove as far as we could to it, and then we we came to our border uh, that we couldn't drive any further. Had about 1,200 yards to go. We run the truck out to the edge, and then 1,200 yards, he was yep. still out there. But it, it was, was roll, it wasn't a good spot. To, you had to get to a certain point to even see. Yeah, we had to get fairly fairly close. We had to close out, so we jogged out to it with our, our spotters and the long gun and everything. It got set up at about 6.01, and it was just a smaller bull, but it was one that actually taken a hit through the front shoulder a couple days back, a couple yeah, weeks back. Yeah, someone had shot, shot. I would, yeah, maybe a week or two. Someone had shot him, and he came in. It came in across the brisket in the front. Um, so he must have been kind of quartering too. Across the brisket, came in, you know, just on the inside of the right shoulder and out the, out the the right side. And his his shoulder was his leg didn't work. It was jello. Yeah, it was banged up. Anyway, so he's standing there at 600 yards and knowing that we're just going to either burn a tag or, or check a box. This was a perfect one to take and not spend any more time out here and get home and get back to work. So we let it rip at 6.01, got it all on video, Yep, it hammered it, just hammered it hard. It'll be it'll be on the video if yeah, John I'll po- I'll post it. I'll post it up. But um, just one shot with a three thirty eight and just just violent knockdown. Yep, just high shoulder and dropped him. And then um, – he was dead and didn't, didn't even didn't move muscle. He was it was good though. I mean it's a it's they the, obviously the meat's good. He's a young bull. It's going to taste really good. It's the shoulders. That bull I don't think would have lasted the winter. So um, if he did, he wouldn't have been in good shape. But so it was kind of a nice. All things considered, it's as good. It's a good as outcome as we had at this point. Um, yeah, that was this morning. We worked it up, hung it, uh, you know, skinned it out, got it all hung up. Uh, loaded my meat in the coolers, got everything straightened out, said our goodbyes to everybody, and hit the road. Rolling home. So from here, that's um, that's kind of all of our main hunts for the year. We're trying to get John caught up. He's only three animals behind where I am on the 29, so he's got that was 17. Seven, 17 of 29. And so John needs a, a bison and the other two moose to be caught up even with me so that way we're not leapfrogging back and forth trying to do separate hunts all the time we're trying to do both of this together if we can so we've got a good line on a bison hunt for john out of medicine hat might have another good option for him on um, another one pretty close to where we were just moose hunting so we got two good options there he might be able to pull that off this winter Um, one of those options does sound pretty good like it might be a little bit more of a hunt than normal so we'll keep you guys posted on that yeah, it should be cool. And from here, we got to go over our schedule on what the next year is going to look like. Um, it's kind of fun for me to pop over that that twenty number twenty. Yeah, he's mark. at twenty, which starts to. Fe- it felt really weird, like, dude, that's 
good nine left. It's kind of a neat. Yeah, you're down in single digits for you know for wrapping it up. It's it's still a lot of trips. Um, it's a few years away for sure. We're thinking we could if if we keep at it, we could probably do at least four you know four or five if we're really persistent on it. We get four or five species done each year. Uh, this year we were able to get four done, and um, we got to get on the phone here as soon as we get home and kind of start talking to guides and outfits and find out who's got availability because you know it's not like hey we're ready to go hunting we're here you, you know you might have to wait a year or two or even more yeah a lot of these guys are booked out there's still maybe an option for six, still got to shoot get hunt a sick blacktail and maybe that's a long a long shot maybe for this year we'll see the chat yep. with jake and there's a couple options so we'll be kind of kind of fun to do that um it gets kind of from here out it gets a little different so Obviously, there's there's animals that uh, we're more passionate about in regards to you know elk or deer or sheep or some of the, you know big moose, some of the more traditional like I, I I don't know iconic like growing up dreaming about animals uh, versus there are some animals on the list that are that are interesting that are a little that you you wouldn't go hunt if you weren't doing the 29. I don't we we certainly wouldn't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we would have until we started. The, some of the caribou, like I don't, I don't need to shoot hunt five different caribou species, if if it weren't for this. But it will be the bright side. We talked about this before. Is it forces you? <laughs> I say force. It's a good thing. But you get into some, uh, you you got to go to different areas. I mean, you will go for eastern, all over north. You get you end up in the North Pole or or as far east as you can go over to Greenland, um, all across. You know, you get into, you're going to get into areas you never would go, which is. Yeah always a cool thing um tourists don't go there it's only pretty much hunting and it gets you into the coolest most remote some of the most beautiful areas which is which is a which is a, a side bonus it's yeah going it's going to new cool. places and meet new people you know is is a good part of yep. of what we're doing right now it yep. just it, you just kind of go loose a little bit like hey let's see where this takes us yeah yeah so there's four there's four caribou left um i can't even I can't even remember. Like, there's barren. Uh, we've got mountain caribou. There's uh, barren ground. I think central barren ground. Uh, Newfoundland. Uh, Quebec Labrador. Quebec Labrador caribou. Uh, so those four. And then there's the other one that's just one west of there. Um, yeah, that's my. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway. Yeah. They're all uh, woodland. It's a woodland. There we go. Anyway, yeah. so those are on the list. Those are going to be some of the more. I don't know. It, it's hard because they're not exciting to either one of us to go after. So, the location. I'm excited about some of the locations, but not necessarily that. But you know, good eating, um, good experience, and 29 is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I, it's 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 kind of it's fun. It's like it's it's not only a hunting checklist. It's like a geography. It's like a I don't know. There's a, it's it's a it's a crazy goal. I mean, it's. It's, yeah, you know, not a lot of guys are doing it. That's for sure. What there's 20 times more people have climbed Mount Everest than have done that. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of a different deal. But uh, uh, there's that, and then some. There's some tricky ones. There's uh, you know, muskox is a is a crazy species. A polar bear is crazy. I think in my mind that's the craziest. All right, what do you think? Yeah, we've got so we got two bears left. We both have brown bears. We both have black bears. Um, so we need a polar bear and a grizzly to go. I think the grizzly is going to end up being a good amount of work. I just every time physically I, it's going to be a physically. Tough I think it's yep. going to I think it's going to take a lot more effort than the average hunt to uh, 
to pull that off and maybe i'm wrong maybe we you know maybe there's just a couple gimmies out there i don't know but I, every time i visualize it it's just it's like okay that's going to be some work so there's one guy that that produces giant bears it's they're, they're they're almost coastal grizzlies type of a thing they or they, they feed fish the fish bears get a lot bigger because they get so much protein and he you've got to be as in good a shape some i mean they're covering you know 10 to 20 miles a day just covering ground to find these things and so that we're gonna have to do some training for for sure um if that if that ends up being a situation um but he kills just slobs of bears so just giants so that's one we'll probably look into as soon as we get home um and that's that's typically going to be in alaska there's a few options for grizzly in canada right now but um not bc is utah open i think utah's open or uh sorry the yukon is open um i don't know I that's I think so, but I don't. I I, I, guess I don't know. Be. We gotta do some research because laws have been. You know, BC shut down bear hunting a few years back. Um, you know, laws are changing with with different things. We have to travel a little bit further for it, but so we gotta do some homework on that. Um, we got some really good connections for polar bear, and um, that should be just as simple as just just getting it booked and and doing that. But that's a high dollar tag. Yeah. Um, well, they all are. And thinking about <laughs> going, you know, going up basically as far north as you can go is. I mean, it's it's pushing my limits. I mean, I don't typically think about just shooting up to the Arctic on on no. a whim. So this is going to push us. I've never crossed into the Arctic. I've been about fifty to eighty miles south of it a couple yeah. of times. So that's that's an interesting one. Um, and despite popular opinion, I mean, the polar bears are not on the decline or yeah, endangered or going extinct. Well, so yeah, uh, they've actually talk, been yeah. on the rise since the seventies. Mm-hmm. So the polar bear population is is thriving and growing, um, but it's funny because every every time you turn on any kind of information on it, they're they're yep. pumping that same story that they're, you know, there's the a ice caps are melting and all the bears drank Coca Cola and died. It's pretty much what it's. I don't know. The, yeah, that'll be. Well, I want to do when we get closer to that. We're gonna have to. Do, I'd like to do a big thing. We'll do a big podcast on that and talk more about that because. All these animals are obviously managed by biologists. You guys know this, preaching the choir to most of you guys. But some of you guys hear some of these animals and get weird about it. I know I was talking to my, I think I was talking to my wife or my sister about some Africa. We were talking with a guy that has been hunting Africa, and he would shot a giant elephant. And they're like, what are elephants in danger? I was like, no, they're, they're running over native villages. There's a ton of elephants. They need more of them hunted. It's just, it's a... There's so much misconceptions that, that, I, that I don't know as well, and polar bear's a big one. Like, from the outside, before I knew anything about it, you, I didn't know you could hunt them, and then you learn you can, and you've learned that it's, there's a, they're, they're fine, there's a there's health, healthy population, they're managed, the tags are managed, all the basic stuff. So, um, yeah, that'll be, it'll be inter- interesting to dig into that. A lot of those hunts you operate with Inuits, I believe, or Eskimos, yeah, I, I don't know so. what they want to be called. Um, but um, look at that. Oh, I thought that was a bear. I was like, "Is that pet bear?" <laughs> oh, there's there's me calling a cow a bear. It was in this yeah. weird angle in the light. Anyway, John's got to work Goodness. on his wildlife. My uh, identification skills yeah. are weak. Let's go go through the catalog again. <laughs> oh, dear, I need the picture book. Um, at that angle, I was like, "Holy!" So I thought it was I thought it was like a farm bear or something. Um, the uh, so that'll be interesting. But there's yeah, there's some there's some weird ones. Um, yeah, what's left? So. F- Four of those, the muskox. So yeah, we got the two the two bears still on the list for both of us. So Four that's six grizzly. with the caribou, muskox, 
uh, Polar Bear, Sitka Deer. Yep. What's the last one for you? Rocky Mountain Bighorn Sheep, oh number 29. Oh, my gosh. How could I forget? Yep. We're saving that one till the end. It's um, that, that one. That one, uh, it should be unreal. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to yep. be... That's going to be some some crazy work. I'm trying to pull off a tag, and I'm you know I'm kind of yeah. looking down around the corner on the calendar. We're we're probably a year and a half to two and a half years out, depending on how things go here. Um, but I, I want to do it in the Northwest if we can, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and um, we've already got some really cool guys that we're talking to about about working that out. And um, that's a big <laughs> that's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're kind of swinging for the fence on on size, which. Um, that's a lot more work and effort than just saying, hey, we're just going to go check that box. Some of these animals, I'm totally fine just getting a good representative of the species. You don't have to shoot a, a giant every time, but um, with that one, we're going to do everything everything we can. to. So I guess while we're talking about weird things that some people haven't heard of in regard to 29 or the Super 10 or the 700 Club. So 700 Club is not a cheesy TV show on their – Christianity Channel or whatever that old show, right. whatever that old show was. Um, so the 700 Club is a, is is kind of a legendary uh, thing in the sheep world, where um, you the total score of all four of your sheep is 700. Um, I it's it essentially is. For example, if you killed a 180 bighorn, a 180 inch bighorn, a 180 inch desert, and a hundred and 70 inch doll and 170 inch stone that would be 700 club which is nearly impossible there's it's guys that are paying uh over 200,000 to, to if you can find 170 inch stone so there's kids out there and outfitters looking for rams that those rams are non-existent ben happened to kill one because uh, of some friends actually with mark years ago and another guy we know bart just a lot of things had to happen for this thing to come together and ben killed one of the biggest stone sheep uh killed that year hands down easily top i bet easily top one two sheep in the in, you know in the world that year yeah. two or three yep. and which is also one of the hardest ones some of the richest guys in the world have not been able to they're still waiting they're still trying to find an opportunity to be able to to go and pull off what we already pulled off so it's super rare that the desert thing we have we've hunted some deserts and that i think we have figured out um the dull there are some options but the draw of shooting, we got. I got a buddy that had good deal. I talked to a bunch before we left on this trip, and I've been talking to him for years about this sheep opportunity. Um, we'll give you details later, but um, uh, if we can pull that off, you can probably potentially a 190 plus ram, a 195 type of ram, which is giant. And what that allows you to do is then get a doll that's in the 155 to one, hopefully a 160, 165 range and still make that 700 club, which is a goal of Ben's. I, there's no way that, that I'm not doing that. I've got, I got beautiful sheep, but they don't score anywhere like that. Um, and so, but that would be a, as a super fun goal to get Ben to that number. Um, I think, I think we can do it that with this, cause the stone is the hardest piece and he, and he got it. And so they opened the door for that opportunity. Yeah. It makes it, it makes it more doable. It's not going to be easy, but it definitely makes it less yep. impossible. Yeah. So the goal is to get, I haven't completed my, my sheep slam, slam because we're saving that. And then as we come around on the 29, the ultimate dream would be to do the 29th animal is also finishing my sheep slam and hitting the 700 club with that one last shot. 
that's Which would be nuts. Kind of swinging for the fence on that, but it makes a nice high mark for a goal, and um, it's just it's a, it's a fun thing to chase. So we're kind of working our way through that. We want to be able to, if we can, get this done in the next couple of years. Maybe it takes longer. I, I, I think it's doable within two to three. Yeah, depending on scheduling, I think I think three, th- two would be would be tough just because some of these seasons overlap. If you could hunt, you know, every one hunt every three months and spread them out, it would be doable. But we kind of just did. We took the we took the winter time in Mexico and we take a late hunt in Alaska and we kind of stretched all of the things we can stretch out. Some of the caribou overlap and some of these other things overlap. But there's a few spring options that'll help. Um, you know, some bears potentially and, and a muskox. So kind of spread the year out a little bit so it's not so nuts in the fall um we're also trying to do this within somewhat of a budget this is definitely not unlimited <laughs> at all and you guys you know you, you probably know a lot of this stuff is not cheap for these tags and these trips so no. we're trying to work out you know a way to pull it off fairly soon but we're not we're not going bananas expense wise at the same time so it's tricky because we're doing it we're you know we're doing this side by side we're not trying to do one and, and not do the other we're, we're literally pulling together at the same time to try and complete our 29 um as close together as we can so which is nuts yeah i don't don't know anybody else doing this i talked to some of you guys about how that is going down and uh ben is uh very generous with me there's no way i could do a bunch of these hunts i've talked to you guys about that before there's it's uh it's pretty pretty amazing i that not only get it go but i have tags on these hunts it just blows my mind and continually is just it's come together over and over and over a few different times where you just it's crazy like it's not a whole lot more to get a second tag some of the uh some of the outfitters have worked with us a little bit on a second tag and so yeah it's come together even on this moose hunt the the guy gave us a a good discount um i think that was more of on a because it was a cancellation but he knocked off i don't know good three four thousand dollars off of the whole trip for both of us which was kind of cool but anyway so now we've kind of got it lined out and the next two years if we were able to kill four or five animals per year per guy that it's kind of funny we started laughing we looked it up and like hey that fits right within our budget without even trying so that was kind of funny the way it worked out that's crazy it's 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 a little surreal you get up talking with some of these guys and you're like yeah i guess i've hunted that i've hunted this and we've been yukon and the territories and alaska and you're like if this you get into some of the i guess for me i guess i was around uh, with Grace and I met his he had his grandpa and this old guy and he grandpa used to outfit he's an old timer and you could tell like you could see that fire in his eyes his body doesn't work very well and he's been in some killer places and we're all going to be there pretty quick and have those memories is like I think I'm not old but I'm getting older and you kind of started to think of those kind of weird things like dude this is life is short these memories are ridiculous experiences people you meet places you go and 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 it's a neat I'm very grateful. Um, I understand the significance of a lot of it, and it's pretty fun. So it's been uh, – it's interesting. It's cool to get get out to some of these places. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Think, hey, we should um, <laughs> we should probably give Brian a shout-out with uh, Mountain Medic. Yeah, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we, take a, this, we take this guy and go out. He's a good dude. He's chasing his 29. He's only He's three away. Four. Four, four away. away. He's got a you know, Shiras, a Thule, a Blacktail, Sitka, and something else. I can't remember. He's but coming around on it. He's almost there, too. He's a guy from – he was in Wyoming. Now he's in New York. He's a, And he came out. And he's uh, he makes these med kits. Pretty cool guy. He's a surgeon, uh, obviously. He's a 20-year surgeon out of New York right now. And um, he's put together these lightweight 
emergency kits, um, mainly for hunting, but yeah. I mean, we've got them for work. Um, you can take them anywhere, but it just, it's a very souped up version of a first aid kit of stuff that's lightweight that you would actually need and use. Um, anyway, I was pretty impressed by, yeah. by what he put together and, um, just a, just a great guy. So we had a lot of fun getting to know him this year. Yep. So if you get a chance, look it up and, um, see if there's anything that you could use on his, you know, out of those kits. Yeah. He has meds for you, the meds for elevation, meds for Giardia. You, you get a, a, a bunch of different meds that are, that are, can be difficult to get as far as getting a doctor and a prescription, all that stuff. He can do all that, get you all the meds you need for a lot of different areas. Um, what's that? I can't remember the name of the, the elevation, the elevation one and oh right and then you get uh yeah just all a bunch of other stuff um and really ma- really handy guy to, to yeah. have in your back pocket as far as being able to reach out if you're you know if you're overseas and um he can help you out right there over the phone if you're you know six countries deep yeah yeah that was fun getting to know him he gives us a hard time he's like he's like why don't you send me a picture of your moose with the, my shirt on and i'm like <laughs> Look, i would have froze to death in five seconds that was dark <laughs> like yeah, the wind was blowing 20 miles an hour <laughs> he's giving us a hard time because we haven't been wearing his shirts on our on our uh, kill photos anyways yeah that was fun to meet him we took him up on a ben lives by some goat country and he came flew out we took him up for a few days and we got fog, we got fogged in bad i mentioned it but um saw ben and i went up the day before saw some goats it was it's a, always a cool spot but um yeah that was fun um not sure what else I, I hit on my. I got to do a little little gun talk for you guys. The uh, been running that MDT H and T twenty six. I'm in love. I, I finally got a production one like two weeks ago. I was running the prototype one, which had it wasn't quite finished, a little sloppy. You know, a couple you know piecing together some prototype stuff, and I got a production one, and it is awesome. The folder locks up, rock solid, zero play. It's got an integrated arc rail into the carbon forend, which I love. I was just slapping my bipod on and off. We were in and out side-by-sides, hiking, backpacking trucks, and shoving it in my backpack and heading in or jumping in a side-by-side and folding it up real small in my lap so it's not banging around on anything. Super versatile, super handy. Just watching all the shots on that moose was sick. Like it's, It handles recoil really well. I don't know if it's the carbon. It feels pretty dead on the shot. I really like it. The Arca Forend, I didn't know how that was going to hold up, and I, I, I really like it so far. Nice flat bottom, uh, locks in good on the bipod, quick on and off. Um, one thing I really like, and this was a discussion we had early on when we were talking about it, and I take it for granted until you get into colder weather, but the mornings and the evenings were pretty chilly up here. One of the guns has a metal chassis that we had. The other one is all carbon. So on the on that chassis, the just the bedding block is magnesium. So you're never hardly holding it there. You're holding it by the forend, which is all carbon. The grip's all carbon. The folder's all carbon. And so it's really warm to the touch, even when it's freezing. Like as soon as you grab, you guys know, as soon as you grab carbon, it's not, it's, it, it's the same temperature as your hand pretty much versus you grab that metal chassis and your hand is just freezing. It was ice cold. This is probably the most noticeable on a trip we've done. This morning where, was cold. Yeah, the gun, we left the gun in the truck overnight. And, um, oh man, it was... Ben's like, I'm going to get frostbite. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, it was, it was icy cold <laughs> trying to get cozy with that thing this morning. So, um, yeah, for whatever that's worth, that's a, that's a huge plus if, if that setup's. And guys are eating it up. Like, all these guys here. Like, this coyote ran out, and I had him at 550 and laid down. They couldn't believe it. So, it's fun showing guys that aren't real familiar with long range as well is this how how deadly and accurate you can be. And that little gun is, is a hit. Like, 
I'm excited about. You're lucky you even so, got to bring it home. I know. I didn't think we were going to get out of there with it, but um, I'm excited about the future with with some with hunting guns and, and some stuff like that. So um, it's oh, it's a sick setup. So um, I ran my 525. The 318s are back order. I'm trying to get some of those, but they're hard to come by right now. And uh, put that 318 on another gun a, a guy was using and uh, had my 525. So it adds a little bit of weight, but uh, man, I'm, I love the scope my pr2 reticle and that's just really comfy and easy to shoot and it was it was like running that moose was like shooting a stage i just laid down prone just boom 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 and shot that thing just because i knew at 740 i didn't want to shoot that far necessarily with the prc um and just i just hammer i was like i'm just going to shoot him as fast as i can as long as he's standing and and put him down real quick in three shots and again i had to do the follow-up but um I think it's a little undergone at that, you know, for what it was. Uh, it worked out fine. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I knew what it was. I knew I wasn't expecting it to do what the 338 does where it just turns the light switch off. Um, it, it just, it, that 338 is, is ridiculous. It's pretty wicked. A 300 grain burger going whatever, 3100. It's just, it's just something else. Um, but uh, anyway, but I, I, it's so handy it's so easy to throw in the pack just to have. It's like we went places where I wouldn't have had a gun if it weren't for that. I would have just like, no, nah, I'll leave it. But with you just you fold it up and it just sets in my Kafaro and it's just I just love it. So I think these production, uh, it's really nice getting that production MDT. Um, was digging it. Skypod was nice. I just used my single pull, um, real flexible. You guys know. I think they just come out with a lightweight one. My buddy uh, Brian sent me a text when I was up there, so I need, I want to check that out. So. Kind of fun to see that, see what the weight difference is. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It was it was fun. I got it. I can't believe I got that moose. It was, it was a giant. I'm thrilled. Um, and we gave a hell for Ben's. Yeah, there was uh, no effort spared yeah. on uh, on my unit whatsoever. So we got it checked off, but uh, yeah. nothing amazing for the wall. Not the giant that we were hoping for, but, uh, yeah. It's 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 kind of interesting having that you know on the, not just looking for giants, also having the twenty. So there's a little bit of satisfaction there too, as far as that goes. And then, obviously, a lot of good meat. So that's always a plus. I'm looking for a new freezer right now, and everything's sold out. So cross your fingers. I gotta take it to the processor when I get home, and hopefully by the time they're done, I can scrounge up a freezer somewhere. So anyway, um, anything else? We're an hour and a half into this bad boy. Yeah, um, I don't know. Anything new since our last podcast as far as gear change, clothing change? You're having trouble with your boots. Know. Yeah, I do. I think my – that's a good point. I, I've heard of people's arches, like, dropping. Like, uh, you getting compressed, carry weight. And, and mine did. I took – I was on a hunt with uh, with Brian. Matt and I uh, – Brian Pants had a tag, and so Matt Allen and I jumped in with him for a few days. He found a big bull, and we ran it. We had just a little bit of window to run in there and try to see if we can kill it. And, I grabbed my boots. I took on a sheep hunt and wore them for a month straight and loved them. I grabbed those boots, threw them in the truck, took off. I get over there, go to lace them up, and I'm like, this is not going to work. So I crammed my feet into those for two days and a handful of miles, and my left toe is black and blue right now from being jammed in there. So I guess my arches on my feet dropped, and I think my feet grew. I, I measured them. They grew a, almost a full size, it, it looks like. I was I was around a like around a 10 and I'm pushing like a 10 and a half, 11. So, which is weird. Um, but none of my, the lot, I put on three different pairs of my boots, my La Sportivas that I really liked and they're not going to work anymore. So I just grabbed an old pair of Kenetrex on this hunt that were, that were roomy and were fine. But 
I'm going to be boot shopping again, unfortunately. Um, try to figure that out. But, yeah, still running Kafaru packs. Um, still running uh, those binos. We've talked about them before. They're not loophole. Loophole doesn't have those ballistic binos yet. So um, I'm running the Zeiss Victory RFs. Dude, just being able to range that animal. We didn't have time to run a Kestrel and range and sit there and screw around with stuff. Um, being able to range that and shoot that moose instantly as we've talked about a million times before with the NRL hunter and, and situations is as valuable as anything. Learn how to run your gear like that. It's just, it's been so efficient and so fast. And so that was, that was a lifesaver. I mean, I did pull my Kestrel just to check the wind and the direction. I was, I was good there, but, um, I don't know. Best clothing item. Oh, that whatever that Sitka shirt is. <laughs> He's got a Sitka shirt. That's I, I don't know which one it is, but it's, it's got kind of a almost like a face scarf in this colder weather. And this trip was really windy the whole time. I mean, we got hammered. Alberta Plains, yeah. And um, so yeah, that's his favorite. I'm still running the the Kafaru pullover. That's a lifesaver. If I had to, if I had to leave one or the other, it'd be the Sitka shirt because that Kafaru. I could wear a T-shirt and then wear that Kafaru yeah. puffy and survive. The Kafaru puffy is unreal, unbelievable. So check those out, you guys, if you get a chance. Yeah, I know um, a bunch of you guys have them, but those are. We're the, probably on year, I don't know, five, six. Yeah, they're hold up. They're great. Maybe but, even longer than that. The first time we had them was up on that on that spring bear hunt. Yeah, they don't blow like you'll get a the light. We both have the lightweight jackets, and I I do like those, but you'll you'll rip them easier. These ones have Cordura belly, Cordura elbows. I know a bunch of you guys in Oklahoma have them, and Utah a handful of my buddies have them. Um, but again, it's called the Lost Park Parka. It's the ugliest, goofiest. I mean, it's it's a weird fit, whatever. It's just this, it's a 20 degree sleeping bag sold into sewed into a puffy jacket that you will absolutely love if it's cold. Yeah, it's, it's number one. I, yep. I, don't, I mean, I've drug it on every trip. 100. percent It's 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 the best one in the closet so far. Yep, I like that. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I like gators a lot. We didn't need them, but we still warm up a fair bit. Like whenever it gets warm up, everybody, the gators are handy. Yeah, and even I've even noticed on this trip, it was windy enough that having the gators on it kept your it kept your legs warmer. Yep. Yep. Rain gear was nice uh, just to throw over stuff because it keeps you so much warmer. Your puffy layers, if you throw a rain gear layer over that, I feel like it's another, you know, 10 degrees or something in a lot of cases. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I like my first light mitts, but I don't think they make them anymore. Um, yeah, gear-wise, I don't think it's changed a whole lot. A few little adjustments, but that's, yep. that's about it. Mostly it's been in guns. Like having that... I'm really excited about that chassis. And then the Mark 5s, I like that they're a little lighter than some of the Night Force I ran in the past, and I prefer them in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're driving in a new truck. That's a new piece of hunting gear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I can't think of anything else. Um, we'll just have to keep everybody in the loop on what's coming up next. Yeah, and let us know, guys. If you know, I know, you know some of you guys just – a little too late to say this now, but if you're not into hunting, skip this. So if, obviously you listen to it if you heard me say that, but um, uh, definitely going to do this. Interest of mine, passion of mine, and it's fun to – I know a lot of guys do like this. It's fun to be able to post a couple pictures and say if you want to hear about it, do that. It's not like you can explain this <clears throat> on a whatever, an Instagram post or something like that. So um, anyway, I appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, any suggestion, feedback, let us know. Kind of in a lull with the with shooting stuff, obviously. Um, not a lot of matches going on. Getting ready to kick off here shortly with some NRL Hunter and NRL still going. And uh, PRS will fire up here shortly. AG Cup. Kind of a weird year for me, as I said. It's weird not going to some of those, but we 
you know, some of these hunts trumped that for me this year. Uh, that was my first priority and, and will continue to be, I, I love comp stuff. I comp stuff allowed me to like the way I shot this moose. There's no way before this I could shoot good, but it wasn't, it's a different mentality. It's a different thought process of what it's capable of. I think even if you only shoot at one or two comps a year, I think it keeps you so tuned up, um, into moving quick and efficiently and getting fast, accurate shots off and fast follow-up shots. And, really being comfortable with gear so i think that definitely paid off here that's that's something yeah. i mean i've known john for pushing 40 years now so it's yeah. been cool to see that in the last couple of years i've seen a couple really really quick shots you know multiple shots going off in a hunting you know scenario this was probably one of the best ones um even the guys were just blown away at the at the <laughs> speed and accuracy at 750 um just tossing that lead down range like that and having all of them connect yeah, Gray, Grayson was a crack up. That kid is over right. <laughs> So, uh, he's he's like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "Did you bring a semi up here?" <laughs> they call them semi-automatics, the semis. He's like, "What was that thing?" I was. It, it, he was a. Like, it was fun. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So, yeah, take the train, even if you don't place where you want to place in these matches. You're still learning a lot, um, and you're you're you know above the average guy. So, um, we'll roll back into match stuff. Uh, screwing with different calibers and stuff and stuff like that and we'll definitely keep you posted on hunting stuff which there should be more of last year was definitely slow and it's kind of ramping up so we'll keep you posted on the adventures not a ton of photography on this trip um, I got a handful of pictures I'll post up but nothing too crazy and I'll post uh, um, just make a note of this podcast when I post those pictures as well try to get Ben's video up I'll post mine of that that final shot where we moved over and, and finished my bowl um, and uh, yeah is that good? Yep. All right. It. Well, we're driving by a really cool frozen lake. Sun setting. It's pretty nice. Uh, be back in the States here in... 77 kilometers. Yeah, 55 minutes. So it would be nice to be be home. And uh, until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Bye.